0: Right, yeah. can we... Come we. Right. La,
1: la, 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 <coughs> la. Row, row, uh, row your, boat. Row, gently row, row your boat. Gently down
2: the Gently down the stream. Merrily merrily merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. Row, row,
1: <coughs> row, row your, your boat. Gently down <laughs> the stream. Yeah. yeah. No. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. You're no. supposed to take it in. So we go, the stream. Merrily, merrily, life is but a dream. And then... Oh no hang on it's row 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 your boat gently down the stream and then you come in. Are you sure? Yes, it's row, row, row your boat. Gen- row 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 your boat. Ai- ah. I don't know. it's fine.
2: Let's just The countdown ladies sing this song. Do da do da countdown ladies drink by my long day.
1: Uh, that's fine. Let's uh, let's call cool it a night. Or just have some more bourbon and beans. <laughs> <laughs> In here. Can you imagine? <laughs> <beans in> here. <laughs> that reminds me
2: of... I think we're going to have to drop in the scene from Blazing Saddles. Yeah, you have to.
1: to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what in the great wild world response is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How
0: about some more bees, Mr. Taggart? I'd say you've had enough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's riffing. Right. Here we go.
2: Here we go. Ah,
0: those levels
1: are Riptorn cool. could have <laughs> would have been a superb uh, guest star on TV. Oh yeah. Oh, he would
0: and he was of that he era. A, it he have a, could, a, could have happened. Did he ever appear? Never.
1: Yeah. No. Really. One of the one of the great wow. Uh, oh. One of the great great emissions of Star Trek was that Riptorn never turned up in It's such it. a shame. It is a shame. you mm. sing again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can sing that no. song by Uhura if you like. If you wanna take, take it off just well, if if to keep your clothes off? <laughs> no, no. No one will be taking their clothes off during this podcast. Well I can't believe I've had to say that again. <laughs> again. I know. I know. Now.
0: Whom Pods Destroy. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Whom Pods Destroy. I am here with my two compatriots, Graham. Hello. And Terry. Hello. And we're back again with me with a gun pointed to my head to be the compere. Gonna just try and lead these guys who have a galaxy wide knowledge of Star Trek to talk about Star Trek V. The Final Frontier. Now, we promised last episode that we would come back to this because there's a little connection with the last episode which we did, Spectre of the Gun, from the original Star Trek series third season. And one of the actors, who was one of the Earth brothers, appeared in here, and Graham did a great impression of him, who um, was in the first couple of frames of Star Trek V. Was it Terry? Was it me the, who did the impression? Terry, Terry, Terry did, it, did the, impression the impression of him. Of, of the actor Rex Holman, I believe. Rex
1: Holman, yeah. You know, who yeah. was one of the White Earth brothers, but he was in, in this I couldn't film. believe it. I couldn't believe it was the same guy. And I also kind of couldn't believe that I didn't know. Irvalken, that's the guy. That's the guy. He doesn't just appear in the first few minutes. He's, he's there all the way. He's, he's there right at the end, that guy. Can we remember the character's name? Not the Search of the gun, but... It's uh, John. John. Yeah. John. Oh, yeah, John, as in John Johns, because it's spelled hey, like John exactly. Johns, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Same, same as the Martian Manhunter from DC, yes. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so we're coming to Star Trek V, which has been one that we've always, always held our nose about. And as it's actually coming up to Christmas time, this is our Christmas turkey to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we've all spent a bit of time watching this film and, uh, this is the second time I've watched it because the first time I've watched it, I thought no more, no more. Um, but oh, really, you know, I've seen it loads of times. Well, That's it. You've seen it loads of times <laughs> even though it's rubbish <laughs> You know, <laughs> and, and it did turn me off. Yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't seen
2: it for a long time. I don't think I've seen it this century. Wow. Wow. Do you really? remember
1: the first time you saw it Graham Sibley?
2: Yes, I do. Yes. I remember the first time I saw it very clearly um, uh, because it was at the end of a very, very long day, wasn't it? It was.
1: It was. It was actually, it was its first um, performance, the first screening in the UK. It was. About a month before it actually came out. Yeah, not month a before release. its premiere. Yeah. It was at, and it was at the end of a uh, Star Trek movie marathon at the Empire Leicester Square. Yeah. And you and I mm-hmm. drove up to London. Yep. Parked up my Mark II Escort <laughs> nearby the area because back in the 1989, you could do that. You could, and uh, no one was in the <laughs> West End on a Sunday. No, no one went to the West, End. and we went there and we watched all four of those movies, and then with bated breath, we watched Star Trek V, and we loved it. We did. We absolutely yeah. loved it. Because you were,
0: because you were completely tired
1: and oh yeah, hallucinating. We've been
2: completely <laughs> gaslit by that time.
0: <laughs>
1: It was the best way to introduce that film yeah. by showing all the previous four behind. So you were exhausted yeah. and just so desperate to watch this movie. Yeah. That you would have they could have served up anything and you'd have liked it. Yeah. And they did. And they did. They did. Yeah.
0: yeah. So to our listeners who who might not remember Star Trek V or, or or more like me have stayed well clear of it for a couple of decades. Um I mean the story itself uh, was one that came, uh, that uh, William Shatner came up with, Half Bennett, and um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the other writer, um, uh, David Lowry. Yeah. That's the one. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. Yes.
1: Loffery.
2: David Lo- Lowry. It could be Lowry. Lowry or Lowry. Lowry. I don't know. I've only read his. So. I think no, his only film movie. he'd done beforehand was Dreamscape. I think. Okay. Interesting. Maybe. He did Passenger Fifty Seven. Yeah, well. but of course, I mean, he, he actually was uh, missing for a lot of the of the of the script process because he was on strike with all the other um, script writers in Hollywood during the time. Yes, which indeed, which caused a, a huge problem, and the, which was just one of the many many production problems
0: that this film had. I mean, this film, I suppose, was cursed really in certain <laughs> respects, you know, um, because you had a, the biggest ever box office Star Trek. Uh, previously, with Star Trek four. the Voyage Home, but um, there was a case of like uh, William uh, William Shatner wanted to get
1: in on the action of directing a movie because mm. well, he they had a relationship. He wouldn't do it. He only did Star Trek Four. Wait, well, I mean, part of the contract of Star Trek Four was that he would direct Star Trek Five ah, if indeed Star Trek Five ever happened.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. And so obviously the, the 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 production company itself, or you know, um, was it Paramount? At yeah, the, the time? Studio, yeah. yeah, the studio at the time. Um, thought that they would try and replicate the success that they had with uh, Star Trek IV, and uh, and near enough gave them the same budget as well. Also, big up a lot of the comedy. Yeah. But anyway, it starts off. It it, it is a story from William Shatner. Hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> ah, not according to G, G Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay, okay. So Gene well, Roddenberry got on in the action on the film well. One as well. It, I mean,
2: Gene, Gene Roddenberry famously hated all the films that he wasn't involved with. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so and, and and, uh, and uh, unsurprisingly he he'd been been moved sideways after the first film but his um i think his original title for for the motion picture was the god thing which had lots of ideas that that, that um william shatner stumbled upon in his original uh treatment for, for 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 star trek five and um and roddenberry thought that it was so close to his one that he thought he'd been ripped off and probably thought that he was due a cut of the
1: money but i mean i don't know I and mean, that, that doesn't sound like a very roddenberry thing to do that doesn't sound like a roddenberry thing to do at all because could, and the thing is because the 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 genesis of the god thing of course as well is is mired in a degree of controversy because yes. there have been suggestions that that was taken from a from a from a different script um can't remember the script writer, but he got a script credit on motion picture in the end mm. um, because of it. Um, but yeah, I mean the God thing was a was was a, was a name of a script I think had been tossed around as, the, as early as back as phase two, and then made its way as the as the because I think it was supposed to be the pilot for phase two, uh, and then which are then kind of originally ended up becoming motion picture. I, I think we also have to look perhaps at Shatner's, you know, perhaps. It, it, an interest in trying to get Star Trek to pursue these these ultimate questions, feeling that Star Trek had sufficient scope and dare I say that Captain Kirk had sufficient breadth as a character to, to successfully take on God or at least the concept of God. Um, and the original script idea, although I'm not familiar with with, with it, um, uh, was not did not go down very well with half Bennett. He wasn't too happy about the idea mm-hmm. that he thought that this was a mistake, that it would alienate the audience. Uh, I think, I think in many ways, Half Bennett perhaps understood the Star Trek audience, um, better than maybe people closer to the franchise did. And he certainly understood that the broader audience would think the people, the non-Star Trek people who w- would make up the bulk of the audience of this movie because it's a cinematic release and thought that it was just not worth taking on. It would upset people. Um, and I suspect he was probably, probably right. So they came up with this, this, I, with what they did instead. So they, they 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 explored the idea of God, but of course it wasn't God.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, I I I read that um, William Shatner was quite uh, intrigued by the uh, expansion of the sort of like evangelist evangelist into the entertainment industry as such, because they were on TV. You know, you had the TV platforms, the open cable, and all this sort of stuff, and he. You know, coming from his background, because he, he was a, he was a, a, a non-conformist Jew, uh, mm. you know, at the time, Canadian, um, and the uh, same as Lennon Nimoy. Um, and there's, there's a relationship between, you know, their friendship as well, for, you know, two, two young lads coming out into Hollywood and making it big in the TV, stuff like that. But he, but at the time during the eighties, when we had all of these evangelists and this, this, the, 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 the major sort of, um, joining in with Ron, ronald reagan and the the silent majority as he called it to to keep him in power this this became sort of started to become mainstream but it looked like for for william shatner that there was just basically a load of con people out there Yeah. people and this Ooh, is yeah. this was the story idea that he was thinking about and, and this is this is an initial problem that you get with
2: the with the the, the tone of the script because you're right i mean in the 80s i mean with with a uh we're a decade on from 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 the Kool-Aid uh, incident and so you you but you've got loads of, of cults being set up during the 80s uh it it's it's become a, a thing isn't it it's a, it's a newsworthy story and tv evangelism is is huge at this time uh and it's started to spread out in other parts of the world um but you you do see it in other films at the time. but License to Kill comes out yeah, in, in, in the same mean, year, doesn't it? I was just it?
1: standing here thinking of License to Kill. Yeah. But
2: in there, it's yeah. you. It's used in a satirical way. Hmm. They satirize evangelism. It's not done here, and in a movie that is largely played for laughs. In a lot of the uh, uh, of it, but it gets very serious when it starts talking about people who thinking that they're going to actually go and meet god or go through huge barriers to try and get them or or seemingly conning people or controlling their minds yeah
1: or thinking that they can yeah freeing their minds this idea yeah this uh, this hokey idea that you can transform people just with one session or something like that with a some kind of bring them to a spiritual yeah, moment yeah. that frees them of their so pain
2: also very much in the, in the sort of like anti-therapy Sort of yeah feeling of the late eighties and early
1: nineties as it, well, and and, and it and chimes today. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's the funny thing about it is is that there's an awful lot of face whilst, whilst wearing going on in this in this in this movie, and there's a lot of this idea of you know that that you could easily look at with with the the notions of wellness and spirituality and 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 resolving problems through the mind rather than necessarily through anything else, and a kind of rejection of science, all of which chimes now. But just, I just don't think it was particularly very well executed as a movie, unfortunately. And
2: I, I think that's that's the whole problem. I think it's easy to look back on this on this film and think, yeah, this is all Shatner's fault. This is his own uh, hubris. Thinking, oh, okay, I can direct this film. I can make. I can do as as good a job as uh, uh, as Nimoy did. I'll actually go. I'll actually create a Star Trek story because Star Trek Four is great. It's not really a Star Trek story, is it? It's no. it's, it's, yeah, it's an adventure it's movie. It's an adventure it's movie. Adventure it's a fish film. out of water adventure movie. Yeah. And and for the mid eighties, it just no wonder people gobbled it up. Yeah. Because it's brilliant. Um but so he's a, he actually does create a Star Trek story. It's a it's not even a double episode, it's a single episode this one. <laughs> just, yeah, it would have been
1: could yeah. easily have been condensed into forty two minutes. It could have easily have done. Yeah.
2: But I, I think you know, yeah. You've you've got a rookie film director, right? He'd done T.J. Hooker and a few other th- th- things before, but but really, this is his first film project, and everything conspires against him in the production, but, but probably because he is a rookie director, and and really, I think if you're going to blame anyone for 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 the, for the final product, uh, uh, the final product, I think you've got to look at Paramount because those are the. the it's the studio that should have kept this on track and should have seen it through, or should have managed the whole uh, writer strike a lot better. Delay it. This this film. You you look at the at the at the way motion picture comes out at the end of the seventies, going up against Superman, and coming up with a film that stands up to it. You go to the end of the eighties and you've got this film coming up with Tim Burton's
1: Batman, and they're, yeah. they're just.
2: They're just just oceans apart. Yeah, I
1: mean, because it's just such a throwback to to. I mean, because it is. It feels like you're watching a third episode of third season TOS when you watch Dodge this yes. movie. Yes. And, and and that in many ways is 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 good and fun. And there's nothing wrong with it. And all these years later, you know, you can enjoy the movie on that level. On should, a small screen. Yeah. yeah to, oh yeah. Ideally, I stick it on the television. And yeah, I mean, it's like it's certainly a hell of a lot better than Turnabout Intruder as last episodes of third season TOS go. <laughs> yeah. But that's not saying much, sadly. But at the time, in 1989, expectations would have been considerably higher for this film, and it falls well short of those.
0: Yeah, unfortunately so. I mean, it has... A, I mean, coming to... Watching it recently, it has a wonderful um, entry point when you you, you you watch it with beautiful music by Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith delivers, yeah. You know, um, with the desert opening up with, you know, a figure. And it, it looks like something from like a... a you know, sort of like a western, the way it's actually filmed and it's beautifully done. Actually, this movie, there are certain scenes actually are really well it's a beautifully shot film, beautifully yeah. shot film, mm, great locations, you know, which we forget about later on as we go further through the story. And um, and there's a the, the, the great opening bit when you see the the, the the protagonist of this film, the Laughing Vulcan, the Laughing Vulcan, and yeah. it's a great introduction. And then we go straight into the comedy afterwards with the the the, the the trio of, of Star Trek that you know, the, um, which feels in very much a familiar mm. way.
1: <laughs> that scene is, I mean, the 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 mountain, the free climbing scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that it, it, backf- it backfires terribly. Yeah. Because I mean, like Shatner is a is a is a bull of a man, extremely fit and energetic man, and was then, is now, still at his age. Because he's still he's still working now, William Shatner, and he was a free climber. But I think the problem was at the time with contemporary audiences is that there was this perception of Shatner that he was old. You know, people talked when they talked about William Shatner, they talked about the guy who wore the wig. They they talked about the stories about him wearing a corset during the movie, the subsection that he was old and fat. And actually, I suspect this wasn't the case. He was a big fellow um, and a very fit guy, probably couldn't have free climbed El Capitan at his age, but was a free climber in his youth. And these are not inconsistent, but I think you just looked at it and thought, "I'm not having that." Yeah, I'm not having that. It's a bit like Roger Moore in the view to, in, in the ski chase and the view to a kill. That's clearly a stunt man. You know, mm. this is it's just doesn't chime. And of course, the jet, but the jet boot thing is just, it's <laughs> yeah. just oafish and silly, and 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 unfortunately sets the tone for the for the rest of the film. In my mind, it's difficult to get past.
2: I think it was interesting they went with the Goldsmith um, uh, theme tune because obviously this is the The point of release of, of this of, of this film uh, coincided with the start of season three of Next Gen, so you're up to uh, I think I think the episode that came out in the same week as this was uh, Who Watches the Watchers. I think
1: it was Oh, what an episode! Yeah, wow. so so <laughs> yeah, that's but yeah. But
2: it's yeah. it's about the time when Next Gen starts turning a corner. That's, yeah, what and actually t- go.
1: <laughs> God, what a contrast! Because Watch *The Watchers* is an absolute gem of an episode mm. and pure modern Star Trek as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got Shatner churning out rehashed TOS episodes and yeah. trying to find out who God is. <laughs>
2: but, but I, 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 think this is something perhaps we can explore later on in this the, 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 this episode. Is does is the important thing of Star Trek Five actually more? Is Star Trek Five more important to Next Gen? than it is to, to, to TOS. Because to, for TOS, it's, it's largely been forgotten. Uh, everyone's wanted to bury it. But um, there is a there is a corner turned around that time in, in, in next gen, mm. uh, at the beginning of that third season. And I wonder if, if it actually does more good for, 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 for next gen. Do you it
1: does think that the next TOS people look at that and go, yeah, we, we need to get away from, <laughs> from this as, as, as quickly Probably, as possible yeah. and, and forge a new yeah. path? What do you think?
0: I think you could be right there. Actually, I mean, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the next film in the franchise is is Chalk and Cheese compared to this.
1: Yeah, well, we, we, it's yeah. interesting because of course, the, as we're recording it, this is the week of the 30th anniversary of Star Trek VI. But here we are talking about Star Trek V, and rightly so because we said that we would. But but yeah, I mean, I think that a lo- just like so many lessons were learned from this movie, um, and and. You know, I would suggest probably mostly positive. And but I think Graham's right to point out that there were other things going on. There was and the, the writer's strike as well, would have hampered the development of this the story and a degree of reluctance. I mean, Harp Bennett was not a you know. He, I mean, he says he's quite proud of the movie, but he is he, he didn't want to go near the, the this concept of God. He just thought it was just too yeah. controversial and, and unnecessary. Uh, and I just wonder whether or not. From the from the moment they started thinking about this film, they just conceptually never got it right, mm-hmm. and it made its way through. And they had bad like I mean, the effects guy that, that they guys that they introduced were under untold pressure. Apparently, that you know was they you know there was. It was very difficult for them. They were they were based in New York and they were filming in Los Angeles and all the mo- there was no CGI. So all the 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 models were being shipped over and it was everything was rushed and behind. Yeah, and that's why the the effects looked pretty ropey. Apparently,
2: Shatner wanted too much hands-on. um approval of the effects as well right and um, so that delayed effects and caused of caused huge right. delays there as well yeah and, and i think but i think it's it's not just the, the the effects it's the production design it's the cinematography that all the stuff that's on the ship all the stuff that's on the enterprise is
0: pretty much okay it looks and looks great mm. i think that's one of the b- uh, better uh enterprise sets actually i yeah. think it's lovely Th- that's because
2: yeah. they're, they're borrowing a lot of other they stuff from st- from from next from, gen, from yeah. ne- next gen. Uh, yeah. and a lot of the crew have have come straight from next ne- next gen. Uh, uh, Michael Acuda's on 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 this as well. True so yeah. so a lot of the stuff I think, especially in stick bay, I think that was just lifted straight from from uh, from next gen. Uh, but as soon as you get off there, as soon as you get uh, like the exterior shots, with the, there were lots of problems with that. But also the studio shots as well, like the the cantina. I mean, yeah, you you. you Star Wars was 12 years ago, and now you've got like a, a TV movie version of it. Yeah,
1: it's, and this is this is yes. the, the
2: problem. A lot of
1: of, of, well, I th-
2: of this film, isn't it?
1: I th- yeah, and I think that that's the thing. Where they have to get something like that right because they do rock that Star Wars aesthetic with yeah. this movie, and, the, and that's Tatooine fine.
2: chic is, is yeah. all over it. Isn't it, it is, yeah. yeah, and that's
1: fine because that's the kind of story that you want to tell. You know, you're, you're trying to, you're literally telling the story of of, of of a failed community, and 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 what happens in a failed community, and the kind of people who can exploit a failed community. If you if you if the people there are emasculated, there there is there's a message there. Uh, that we can all learn but yeah I mean by the, I mean it was all cobbled together the set was just cobbled together with just stuff that they took off the lot um, from Paramount now they've done this before they did this in Star Trek 2, famously did mm. this in 2, and they created a gem mm. but the thing but the lesson here is that there's only so many times when you can get, you a, get you away can with do it. that yeah see if you've got skilled filmmakers who can make it work then it's great or if you're lucky, yeah. uh, but if you have neither <laughs> luck or skilled filmmakers, then you get Star Trek Five, it's, or you get Paradise yeah. City. I mean,
2: it's, it's, it's a magic trick, isn't it? It's it's a sleight of hand, it's misdirection, it's, it's everything you can possibly do to stop people from seeing the joints. And unfortunately, you can see the joins in a lot of these shots. There's like wires you can see, very obvious wires, yeah. um, and and shadows of cameras. These sort of basic errors that you get in B movies. <laughs> you only have to watch it once or twice, and of course, for Star Trek fans, they are going to expect to watch a film yep. over and over yeah. and over again. And then and even and things in, like not were great. And we?
1: in 1989, by that point, you know the days of like, oh, people are just going to watch this and then they're never going to see it again. Yeah, you know that, or they're going to, they might see it on the telly one. I mean, like, those days are long over. Everyone's got. VCR, Star Trek fans. Yeah, I, well, I have to apologise to you, Terry,
2: because I, I did, get you this for for a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah.
1: I did actually buy, I did actually buy this, yeah, one. but I, I did actually
2: buy an ex rental
1: version <laughs> of it, doesn't it? So I suppose that would see <laughs> I mean, 1990, uh, I suppose. Yeah, well, sell through wasn't that big in 1990. No, it was wasn't. It, so. it wasn't. I genuinely liked the film. I still like the film. I enjoy watching Star Trek V um even I I just tend to laugh a bit more at, at the bits that aren't that funny and I forgive it. It's very, very obvious flaws because there's there's just enough I think the character Beats in this movie are fantastic. I love the campfire. I love it, and I love the fact that they decided to focus on the trinity. Trinity, sorry. Yeah, that's that. These are great things, and the humor. There's plenty of humor, and there's great character moment. I don't buy Cybok as a concept, and I think it's interesting that we've since we've revisited Spock in subsequent generations of Star Trek. He's never come back again. I suspect he's been kind of written out. But the but the 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 confrontation between Kirk and Spock in the you know in in the aftermath of Cybot taking the ship and then being you know that i enjoyed that and i enjoyed mccoy's intervention as well and mccoy defending spock because i say well of course he's not gonna kill his brother don't be an idiot this was all this was all really authentic dialogue between three old friends who we know really really well and it chimed really well and it's and it's good and it's some of the best bits of 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 TOS Star Trek in my opinion and so there are some genuine high points in this movie that, that, that should be treasured and, and that's why I'm disposed to be kind to it overall.
2: Yeah I mean it's the end is it is obviously weak it, it, it is weak and I think they they knew that the Cyborg uh, uh, storyline was always going to have an anticlimactic finish because he was going to be let down by, by, by his false god um but yeah, then you've got this original ending of Rock
0: Band mm. in there and. Well, it wasn't the original ending. No, that wasn't. That was a change. I mean, it, was it was the just, devil, wasn't it? Satan wasn't well, it was. It was going to be. It was going to be angels and devils. Yeah. And it was going to be a, a massive. It was going to be Dante's
1: Inferno. Yeah,
0: it was going to be a massive sort of uh, uh, <laughs> con- this, confrontation. This is the, the extent of, of, sh- 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 of Shatner's hubris. He yeah. yeah. wanted to recreate in pre CGI sh- yeah.
1: days. He wanted to recreate Dante's Inferno. Yeah, yeah.
0: you know, and that's it. All Paradise Lost. I yeah. mean, that in fact, that's actually referenced in the movie. It is, you know, very hand fistedly. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is hand fisted. I mean, it's quite interesting because you know you're saying about the technology at the time of VCR and and it was a different world when the 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 the, the whole infrastructure of of, or you know of of movies the environment of movies at the time the, 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 the studio actually asked for this movie to be you know 15 to 20 minutes shorter than what it was planned to be yeah because they wanted to get more of these these prints into the into the cinemas. Yeah. So they saw that you know and they were going up against um, in the 1980s, we, we, we were in, in the late 80s. It was, um, sequel heaven really at the time because we had Ghostbusters 2. We had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade at the same, same time. Uh, and, and the only major original film for a franchise was Batman. Uh,
2: but Which, if you could say that was original, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: yeah. um, <clears throat> so there was lots of those sort of pressures there. And, you know, and obviously the ending, was dictated by a, the, the the squeezing of of well the the studio making sure that they weren't going to give them any more money for the special effects and stuff like this. You know, and we 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 were going to bring about the Rockman was a replacement <laughs> for the the hordes of devils and angels. And originally, it was going to be ten Rockmen. It's supposed to be ten.
1: You and know, they could only end up with one, and they <laughs> built it. It cost them three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I watched the the I showed I shared it yeah. didn't I because I watched the DVD and so I watched a few of the extras. He's great, he's great. I love the Rock, man. but as a third season TOS kind of like thing. I mean, not in the modern. <laughs> You know, contemporary sort of like his presentation. I mean, he looked terrible, but I thought he was great. Well, well he should have be been fighting Godzilla. But he was pure TOS. Yeah. I mean, he was I, the, I thought about the Escalbians, like you in yeah. the Savage Curtains. I thought, yeah, and exactly. I thought, that is brilliant. That is like yeah. classic third season TOS. I love it. There's one small problem, <laughs> however. <laughs> and we all know what it is this is that this isn't a third season tos episode yes. it's supposed to be a proper cinematic release for I thought know. of
2: that and I thought of the of the rock creature that 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 uh, that they fight in uh, in galaxy quest as well <laughs> oh,
0: yeah <it's>, <laughs> so
1: 10 years later that's how you do a rock monster <laughs> That is how you do a rock monster. I wonder if they... I'm sure that wasn't... Oh, I'm sure it I was. was. I'm yeah. sure it was. Because I wonder, I'm, I'm sure yeah, I'm sure, everyone I'm sure in, the story of the rock men went around the... Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you see, you see,
0: I when I originally saw this, obviously the rock men don't appear in the end. No. But I later on, I actually thought that they did because the Rockman did appear in the comic uh, adaptation because they took an early script.
2: Uh this often happened, didn't you know, it? And, it often and, happened. and they had like,
0: you know, uh uh Kirk and uh and, and the crew being attacked by t- Ten, low, you a know, ten.
2: That's oh, well, trying to get hold of a copy. You know, badge. Um, I, think, I think
0: that happened. Before, I think that happened
2: with Star Trek IV as well. I think there was, there was there was there was some stuff in there. There that, was definitely
1: some stuff, not not to the extent of Where the where the where the climax was altered, yeah. but yeah, I, I think. you that
2: that that would have been the DC version. It, uh,
0: it, it, it was a DC, DC version, yeah. and, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and the
1: the Marvel adaptation of motion picture has a sequence that was written out that was when. Where the Spock walk in uh, motion picture, where Spock goes in his AV suit and goes off to try and meld with Vija. In the, in there's a, there's an v- earlier version of the script in which Kirk goes with him. Right. And they take that journey together.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's in the Marvel uh, adaptation. You
0: know, anyway, back from, from comics, let's go back to, we've mentioned him a little bit, Cybok. Yep. You know, this, okay. is, this is the, 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 this is the elephant in the room, isn't it? Uh, uh, another, Uh, another member of Spock's extended family you know and obviously in the 21st century we know that he also has another member of his family even though it's adopted from Discovery blah 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 and there's all of these things it started to go into very much a soap opera Star Trek is always quite close to soap opera but they did shoved the shark with this thing, I he, think. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, uh, the, the the best story, of
2: course, is the fact that originally this was meant to be Sean Connery. Shibok. Sean Connery. and Sean actually, Connery playing, playing Cybok.
1: It's me. It's
0: Shibok. We are brothers. We are brothers. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been awful. It would have been brilliant. It would awful. have been awful. I mean, I, I did think about, that, but you remember the end of this movie when you've got um, Cybok um meets his his god who does look unfortunately very much like the giant head from from Zardoz. <laughs> and so you you would have actually got the two films com- confused yeah. if it, was, if it yeah. was... Yeah, it started... I, much I, much I much would though, imagine so.
2: I would imagine Sean Connery Sean, Sean looked at the script and yeah, I've been in enough hokey sci-fi films. Yeah, Sorry. I'm just, just, I'm just beginning to away.
1: turn my career around, of course, because <laughs> oh. a year later he, 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 he's out with uh, Hunt for Red October and then and he'd only done, just done Name of the Row, so... I mean, he's, he was well on the way to H- repair, H- the repairing untouchables. H- H- of the Untouchables, I t- which yeah. he won an, o- won an yeah. Oscar. Yeah. So. I mean, it would have been a coup to have got him. Yes. If they'd made this movie like five years ago, they probably would have got him yeah. too.
2: Uh, of course, his he, his legacy remains in the film. It does, mode, yeah. With it? the planets, Sean Connery. <laughs> well, yeah. Shock-a-ree. If you take all the ends out of, uh, of <laughs> <Sean> Connery, <laughs> look at Connery, <Shock-a-ree>. <laughs> yeah.
1: I hadn't put that together. That's <laughs> uh, a very lovely. It is, I like that, that, that is canon. That's is official. That t- that's oh, the, that's counts, how they got with the name. Oh, <laughs> ah, brilliant. Oh, that makes me
0: extremely happy. Yeah. Me <laughs> me. You know, I mean, uh, yeah. I suppose it would have been quite fun to have Sean Connery. But I, I actually think that the actor that they got to play... Larry Luckenbill. Yeah, you know. He he, he was brilliant. He's brilliant. He yeah. was actually very good in, in the scenes that you had him in there. And the, and, the, and the introduction to him with that reveal when he's on that horsey type, monster type thing and, and, and taking off his hood and then just laughing, I thought was just brilliant <laughs> start. And then the movie just does... I compl- well it, it 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 coasts along and
1: does quite a few
0: ups and downs. It's lumpy, isn't it? It's lumpy. You know, it's, it's a lumpy movie. movie yeah. 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 You know.
1: I think I mean Spock's clearly <laughs> carrying quite a lot of quite a lot of um of secrets, isn't he? At this point, because not only has he not shared the fact that he has a brother with his best friend, um, and he, I mean now we've suddenly clever that he's not shared the fact that he has a sister as well <laughs> sister <laughs> um, um so i de- well obviously we didn't know this at the time but nobody knew this at the time but i mean I, I i in fairness these kind of like missing relatives trope is never particularly convincing in my mind and it has to be done very well and i don't think it's been done very well in star trek full stop and i don't think it was done well here although i liked I, I mean i wasn't convinced by the existence of cyborg although i did enjoy the character um I didn't. I didn't think it was entirely necessary for him to be his brother. He could have been a, you know, a, 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 an old friend, and I think that that would have been far more yeah. consistent and quite likely. Like yeah. yeah. And said, look, he's an old mate, and frankly, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, whereas you can kind of imagine the closeness of Kirk and Spock and their friendship, and thinking that at some point Spock would confide in Kirk, you know that you know in a way maybe maybe when they're in a prison cell waiting to be you know (laughs) dead you know, in a second season episode of TOS, that they have a heart to heart or something like that. I was just
0: thinking about fan fiction. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, after, you know, whatever they do in fan fiction when they're having a, that, that cigarette smoke, you know, <laughs> you know afterwards, yeah. they'll probably confide in each
1: yeah, other. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's an interesting because obviously, because it, it brings the, the whole Kirk slash Spock thing really does mo- take a notch up in this movie as well because yes. there is an intimacy between the two of them that we, we don't normally see. Or, you know, in such a way. I mean, not in front of the Klingons is a fantastic line, um, and and it, it's and 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 there is a, a, a closeness about them, and I think that that, that the presence of cybuck just for me somewhat jars that mm. that the intimacy of their relationship. But I acknowledge that I think way too much about these sort of things, and, and certainly when it came out, I thought way too much about it. So uh, maybe not. We we do get a load
0: of the cast, the the secondary cast. Obviously, you're. Um, you know, Scotty, and we got
1: Scotty and Ahura. Scotty yeah. and Ahura. Now this was this well, was a bit of a shocking point. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs>
0: you yeah. know, I mean, uh, it's a, it's great that they're all there, but it, again, it it doesn't. It feels like it's just fluffing up the pillows. Although just there for um, they're just there for all for comedy value. The yeah, whole thing yeah. actually, the, the the secondary cast are just comedy value in this movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, when it comes down to it, everyone's got something stupid. Even when you see uh, Chekhov and Sulu, when you first see them, they're lost. Yep. The Navigator is lost on Earth somewhere. Yep. And then when you see Uhura later on, she has to disrobe and do a silly dance to, 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 to you know, to basically steal whatever they, they got to steal and, and some of that. And so, even though I do feel that they've they, those. Act- Actors and the characters were actually a bit sorely represented in this. From what I have read, is is that they they actually enjoyed.
1: Where well, t- didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They yeah.
0: they were back with the crew, and it was actually a happy production. Yeah, with, with well, them. considering how much this
2: film is based on on the three main characters, they do get a lot to do. But unfortunately, because you've just had a caper movie where you need the ensemble there, and. You, you're almost getting sort of like elements of caper in this especially when the with the 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 attack on on paradise um but yeah it, it, i think that's part of the thing of the jokes seem tacked on and so does a lot of the dialogue for the secondary cast mm. can't forget as well there's a load of guest stars in this as well there's a, a David
1: Warner is totally in this movie. David
2: Warner is totally but in this movie. But what is he doing, though? Well, Thinking. He, he, he's got his self-lighting cigarette. Another what? extravagant <laughs> waste of money that that, 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 <laughs> the, that that the special effects guys uh, brought in. Yes, his, his cigarette actually self-lit. I didn't actually notice that. No, no, no. It doesn't because it's not in the film. They forgot to put it in. Mm. They actually paid money for this. This is, this is another thing. This is another thing about about the film is that it was poorly produced. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. There, there's obviously money draining out of this film, and nobody, really knows where it's going. Yeah.
1: and so this, yeah. But, but we get this, another the, example. We get it. the development of Caitlin Door and and St. John Talbot in this movie, but we never see it at the end of the movie. They're kind of they're together, but we we don't see this at all because it's just written out. Or, or and, and not included in, in, in the film. And it's just like, it's just, it's just odd. It, it, it's just, you know, odd to, to, to get to that moment. We've come a long way. Oh, that's nice. We didn't see any of that. Or we've not even got even any, any any idea of it. They've gone to all the trouble of, of getting, these, getting these three ambassadors in. But the only one that actually serves any kind of purpose is General Cord. And yeah. Um, yeah. the other two were kind of, like, well, they were clearly there for a reason and they were clearly there to develop those characters and 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 i assume be some kind of subplot through the course of the movie but i assume they also suffered when the studio decided that they wanted to cut the, the length of the movie well
0: david wanted did, did say that he only would do the movie if his character can you know uh, survived to the yeah end, so he mm. could be in star trek later on um but you are right i mean the thing is is that the, the cutting of movie it does feel like it has been cut all over the place but they this is one of those movies where they did the pre-screenings the, the famous 1980s when you would actually screen these to fans and stuff like this and you know there'd be lots of Star Trek fans watching this and and doing the census forms at the end and that's what changed because it did hold up um um, the, the the release of this when they had to do lots of cutting because they were going through the census and find mm. out what was the better film. And so you're probably right; they probably cut loads of that stuff out with mm. the ambassadors and the relationships.
2: Well, the the, the, the one hour forty five minute timeline is is usually a a sign of 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 a film that the the studio wants to just get as many showings as possible. If you if you can get something in in an hour and three quarters, you can show it twice in the evening.
1: Yeah. What it's what it's saying is this movie's not very good, yeah. but it will sell. Yeah. So because it's a Star Trek movie, it's a big franchise movie, so people will come and say, let's let's let's, let's cut it down and churn it out as much as possible until people realise it's no good." And <laughs> by, that point, by that point, we've made our money, and we've got our money. In our so. <laughs> so, yeah. and, and to be fair, that worked. Yeah, yeah. It
2: made twice as much money as it. Uh, eventually, it made twice as much money as it cost to make,
1: but the damage it did um, was pretty hard. But they still got another film out of it. Yes, I mean, although I mean, and and interestingly, it, the thing they did because they they their budget was slashed, yeah. Um and but uh, and so they went back to Nick Meyer and said, "We have uh, we've got got four and sixpence in order to make a Star Trek. Maybe can you help us?" Yeah, and he did, and he produced produces an absolute classic. Yeah. But
2: something that I go back to over and over again when is Star Trek at its best when it's working with its limitations, not against them yeah. and, and Star Trek 5 is a fine example of working against the limitations because it's always trying to, to, to be more than it is mm. Um, mm. which is sad and Star Trek 6 goes the opposite direction goes the opposite and direction a roaring success
0: yes Yeah. so in the end we think that it's an okay film not the best a good turkey for our Christmas
1: you know objectively it's a bad film I mean it's a bad film. I mean you know, I mean rocket boots are a yeah. bad oh, idea. Yeah. I mean like Spot goes to get his rocket boots and then but he doesn't f- might come up. He comes down. So has he gone all the way up to the first floor in order to get the rocket boots and then come back down again? I mean that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. The famous bit with the with the level numbers, getting them out of sequence because that's just bad editing as they're rockets yeah. as they're shooting up through there, which is an amusing scene. But I mean but I mean it's it is an objectively bad film um but it is, doesn't mean that you you can't you can't enjoy this film and uh, and so i would say that it, it's 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 a bunch of stuff that happens
2: do you think it's been unfairly retconned out of the out of out of the most fans Ideas of Star
1: Trek. Yeah, and I wonder whether or not it just kind of gets glossed over, and say well, well, let's just like forget about it. Like, yeah. it's like, 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 you know, like the like a like the family member who lives, lives in the attic and is fed fish heads twice a day. And and <laughs> mm, and I mean, <laughs> I mean, to an extent, it does kind of deserve that sort of treatment. But there must always you must try try and get some things out of it. But what I would say is this about it in terms of its legacy: this is the first movie that brings back the old TOS sound effects. Mm. And 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 you get I mean in the shuttlecraft they use uh, they use old TOS sound effects Kirk's communicator is an old school TOS and prior to that they hadn't done that in the movies and that was a very nice touch and one that has subsequently been done I mean TNG didn't obviously but Discovery were rocking that were rocking that visual uh, that 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 audio sense as well and as an audio piece it's 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 it sounds. Really good. I mean, the music's great. the 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 soundscaping is really, really good. It's got some really good qualities to I, it.
2: I have one issue with the with with the sound on there, and that's the sound effects they used uh, for the cat lady. the the, the Oh yeah, the three tittedcation. The three tittedcation was just um, yeah. Now that sampling of James Brown. <laughs> it actually is. Yeah. Is it, it actually something? It is. From it samples from of, of James Brown. Ow.
1: Ow. Oh, Ow! Stress <whistles> yeah. yeah. I'm back. I know. I'm back. I'm back. Let's go. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. As up, the boy. as the cat alien. Well, I mean... Before she gets thrown onto the pool table. That means... I mean, the, I mean you know, I thought the, the pool table was actually quite clever, a <laughs> clever pun, actually. But uh, but I'm actually now quite gratified uh, that uh, that James Brown is, is part of Star Trek canon. Well, and, he is, yeah. and thereby urged that this movie be forgiven <laughs> for that reason. But I did have
0: problems with the free titty cat lady. Yeah, no. It, uh, we're, we're, I mean... Yes, you know it was done
1: much better. Obviously, in he totally murders a sex worker.
0: Yeah, Kirk yeah, totally
1: yeah. murders a sex worker. That is not cool. Uh, even though the sex worker was trying to totally murder him, it's still yeah. not cool. It um, but it is a dead cat,
2: isn't it? It is a dead oh, cat. Oh, <laughs> you know, we've got oh, enough of those in our life. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Whoa, yes. yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh god, yeah. But uh, yes, you've reminded me about that 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 scene in the uh, cantina. I mean. We do have a similar sort of thing in, in Star Trek 6, as we'll probably talk about later on when we when do in our next episode. Again, where Kurt decides to go man or man against some sort of alien that turns into some sort of cat
1: creature, you know, um, later on. what's well, he got to get cats. I know. There's yeah, a thing like, with Kurt because, of course, he has a threesome with two cat ladies as well in, in Star Trek 09.
0: Oh, ah, well, there you go. Yes, so you know, next,
1: next time Star Trek six, then yeah.
0: Yes, next time Star Trek six, which, as Terry has said, um, had its thirtieth anniversary a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we're going to come into the new year in twenty twenty two, and uh, we're going to enjoy Star Trek six because I think we'll find that this is a, a major step up from Star Trek five. Mm. But as I said, I'm still I still enjoyed this turkey for Christmas. Yes, I I think
2: I, I'm I'm actually pleased I watched it again because I think I've been put off this film for too long. But uh, I'm not going to be rushing to see it again. But it's it's nice to know that 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 if I do choose to see it again, I I will probably give it a bit more leeway and probably be more accepting of it. I think really for the first hour and a half of it, it's not actually that bad.
1: But then again, no. that ending—the
2: ending, the yeah. ending, is, terrible. The ending yeah. is terrible. the ending is terrible. The
1: ending is terrible. Um and and the uh, the yeah, but,
2: but Terry, what of Cyborg?
1: <laughs> what of so? well, he ends up like Lazarus, <laughs> isn't he, <laughs> fighting himself in some kind of weird sort of like negative world? It's, it's it's terrible. And who and who kills? I mean, like just shooting it with a with a disrupt, disruptor. I mean, is that's that's not how you end stuff. And well, That's not how to do away with it. A... The
0: whole film is full of plot holes anyway. Yeah, so you any, know, anyway. Yeah. Yes, it, let know. us hey, we, let's we, stop picking it apart. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're, we're <laughs> in a good place with this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, let's, we are. Let's stay there. Yeah. So, so yes. The final word says, it, it's a, it's a thing. It's a film that things happen in that maybe <laughs> you want to watch at some point on a low day when it's raining outside and, and there's you, nothing else on. And there's nothing else on. Yeah. But uh, you know. When when you've literally run out of Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, when you've. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, episode of Whom Pause Destroy. But I think it's time we pull this episode to a close. So, from me, Derek, it's goodbye. And from Graham, goodbye. And from Terry, goodbye. Goodbye.